for 10 years in a row, ranking Arizona's number one most trusted referral network, rosieonthehouse.com. Information that you can't get anywhere else. And over three decades of Rosie on the House. Making history today right here at my house, Rosie on the House. We're going to throw the doors wide open. They've been open for an hour. Come on in, join us for a second hour. Sit down, pour yourself a cup of coffee, and uh, hang on. For 30 years, we've come and talked to you on Saturday mornings about everything having to do with your house, home, castle, or cabin. And like I say, today's a history-making day because for the first time in 30 years, we're going to be talking about that house on wheels called an RV. And we've been asked many times, why don't you ever cover this? And, well... I'm really not an RV expert, so we kind of started scouting out around the neighborhood to see who we could bring in here and talk to. It's certainly a huge industry. Uh, We found Mr. Scott Love, the marketing manager for La Mesa RV. Scott, thank you for taking time to come in this morning. Good morning, and thank you. Say that one more time. Thank you. Good morning, and welcome. Uh, You're welcome for for, – thank you for accepting the invitation. I was introduced to RV and very young. My dad uh, uh, and mom raised eight kids, and dad was a, God rest his soul, was a work hard, play hard kind of guy. And he always told us we're not going to have a second home because to him that seemed boring. He wanted to have something that he could go see over the next horizon every time we did a family adventure. So he waited until I got my driver's license in 1972. And he went out and bought a brand new Winnebago as big as they made back then. I think it was called a Chieftain. Probably so. And I think it was 32 feet. Be about that range at that time. Yeah. And we left our home in Phoenix, Arizona for Calgary, Canada. And from Calgary, we were gonna go to British Columbia. And from British Columbia, we're gonna take Highway 1 to San Diego and back to Phoenix. I'm a kid that was raised on the flat marshes of Southern Louisiana. Mm -hmm. The highest thing I'd ever been on was a toilet. (laughs) And he puts me in the driver's seat going over Sun Road in Glacier National Park And I've never been on a road that close to a cliff in a vehicle that size. And I've got my brothers and my sisters and my mama. I mean, I I white-knuckled myself all the way up Sun Road. I'll never forget that day. Certainly, and that's a memory you forget or you remember as a family or yourself. I was sweating blood bullets, I'll tell you. But I can't believe how easy these things have become to drive. I can't believe in a small way. I can't believe... You don't need a commercial license to drive something with this size and this weight. In most areas, that's correct, Rosie. Uh, It depends a little bit by state, but for the most part, up to a 40-foot motorhome, you can drive it with your standard driver's license. And my mom will tell you to this day, the moment she got behind that chieftain and drove it off the lot and around the parking lot just to see if she could do it, she said, well, this is easy. Yes, it is. And it's it, it's like I've told a lot of people in my career, it's like 
driving a car, but it's also like a cat. Once you get the whiskers through the hole, the rest will follow. <laughs> <laughs> and that would be the wind, that would be the rearview mirror. The right? rearview mirror or whatever's on the back. Yeah. Oh man. Well, how long have you been in this industry? What's the story with La Mesa RV? Well, La Mesa RV, somewhat like Rosie on the House, uh, got started in 1972 in a little suburb of San Diego, California, known as La Mesa. Okay. So that's where the La Mesa name comes from. Uh, it was obviously during, for those of us who are too old to remember, there was a gas crisis going on at the time. It was not necessarily the best time of the for the country to start an RV dealership, but our owner decided let's take it and go for it, and he has been very successful. So since 1972, uh, we grew from that one location to currently we have 10 locations across the country. Oh, and we have how many in Arizona? Uh, there's three full-time, so we have two here in the Phoenix metro area, one in Phoenix and one in Mesa. We've got one in Tucson, and then during the early winter season in January, we were open in Quartzsite, which is that little dot of the road on I-10, just before you hit the California border. Got the gym show and the got and the, the gym show RV show and the RV show, and uh, you hit there, and then you go on. Now that's hilarious. Quartzsite is a is a blink on the road, except for except for a month of January. Except for the month of January, correct? How many people move into Quartzsite? Well, I don't know exactly, but guesstimates are about a quarter million people will be there during the term of those shows. Mercy. So you go from about 1,200 people that are permanently residents in Quartzsite to about a quarter million for that month. And y'all have how big a facility out there for In Quartzsite, we have – Is seven, that a service facility? No, or? it's it's just a sales facility. So okay. we have seven acres out there, and okay. it's only open on the season. So it's really what just a six weeks. Somebody was thinking outside the box there. Uh, it's uh, real outside the box <laughs> on, on what in the world is all these people doing and coming to Quartzsite. And uh, it's really kind of a trend that people look for in the industry to, to come there for a while and then transfer it somewhere else, whether that's some to the Tucson Gym Show or somewhere else in Arizona or California – or into Mexico. I didn't raise Romy in a in a RV. He's he was raised in a tent. Jennifer and I have rented <laughs> RVs on a couple occasions. Certainly. Uh, but boy, since I've written my last of of uh, forty eight college <laughs> tuition checks last August, this is this is floating very close up to the top of my bucket list. Something to look forward to. Yes. Now I need something big enough. Uh, I've I've done a, some minority shopping, just very passive shopping. I need something that I can pull my horses with. So I'm going to have eight to twelve thousand pounds behind me. That seems to be a limiting factor quite a on products that are available. It is in this day and age. There used to be more product out there that would probably handle it. There are certain products today that are out there. Uh, so you have to be careful, and certainly that's what we do as far as a company. We always try to make sure that we're steering you to the right product for what you're going to be using it for. Do most people graduate to the full size, or do or do you find a lot of people just plunging straight into that forty footer? No, I don't think I don't think you will find the rare people that go straight for a forty foot diesel pusher, but that's not the case. Okay. I, I look at it more as an evolution in your life cycle. So you you know if you started out in the tent, 
you may start on a tent, and that's great for being on a picnic table in a park somewhere. Yes, but at some yes. point, those rocks are starting to poke your back and go, yes. I'm too old for this. And you look for something that you can progress into something that's a little nicer. Maybe it's a pickup camper on a, on a pickup bed or a pullable pop-up trailer. Yes. As the kids get bigger and they aren't willing to uh, share that bed anymore, maybe you need something where they can spread out and have more room. And then eventually when they're – and you're writing the uh, the uh, tuition checks to college and you still want to go visit them, maybe you don't need all that space, but you still want to have something nice. So maybe you're going to upgrade to, okay, this is now for you and Jennifer. And then at some point in your life, you may say, you know, we still want to get around, but that's too big for us. We still want to be on our own. We still want to have the flexibility to go when we want and where and have our home on wheels. But now maybe you're going to downsize a bit to something that's a little more manageable and handleable for what your situation is at that time. Well, RVing is definitely an American. Do you call it a sport? Do you call it a <laughs> hobby? What do you call it? I don't know what it a is. A lifestyle? It's a lifestyle. Truly, we say it is a lifestyle because there are people who use it constantly. We would call those full-time people. So they have sold their house. They maybe have nothing but a mail forwarding address and an email and a Facebook account to be able to remain in contact with their uh, family and possibly business interests to people who use it maybe just on a weekend. And it just, everybody has a different reason and a different story and a different way of using an RV. Yeah, I would, I would, I would get the P.O. box Catch me if you can. <laughs> <laughs> That's correct. <laughs> oh, man. Well, it is an intriguing lifestyle for sure. And it, it took the uh, infrastructure of America to kind of make RVing possible. It's really kind of an American pastime that not a lot of countries have. Yes, it is over in Europe. But if you look at it back in the 30s, Really, when we started paving roads in the country and giving the people the opportunity to get up and travel or see and experience the country, or maybe they're out looking for a new job or, or moving from the Midwest out to the West Coast, certainly those paved roads gave people the opportunity to drive vehicles. And there weren't a whole lot of hotels and inns and different things at that time. So as they pulled over to stop for the night, they needed a place to stay. And some enterprising people decided to find out a way of calling uh, small campers or something or taking a way to convert their Model A or their Model T to a place that they could sleep. So if you look back in that history, that was really called the Tin Can, tin can Camper Series. And it has evolved. So as the, as the economy came back to life as after World War II, you started seeing companies having a lot of ideas. Maybe somebody started a company by just building a product in their garage and said, oh, this would be fun if we took this as a family and went camping or went fishing or went hunting with it. Somebody in the campground or on the lake saw <laughs> that person say, hey, that's pretty neat. How do I get one of those? He says, well, I built it myself. And it gives that person an idea of what they could start doing as far as a business. So a lot of RV companies did get started that way, sure. where it was a couple people maybe got together or a family decided to build something sure. that was totally for their use. Other people saw it, they liked it, and things have somewhat evolved from there. And that 10 Cup Society, that that was really the name of like the first RV club in America, and it was because you would your dinner was, was ever in a tin, tin can – that you would just set on the radiator when Correct. you parked, and it would warm up, and that was dinner. Correct. Well, the kitchens in these units have sure come a long way from that. Well, some of them are full-size chef kitchens, and some of them are much more compact, depending, again, on the size of the RV and what you intend to do with it. So, you know, the industry really pays attention to a lot of the current building trends and design trends. 
uh, uh, colors and, and certain things that you would find in new home building today. And you'll find a lot of that same trend in new RVs. You know, it's, it, it blew my mind the day we met you out on site and just kind of took a look at all the things that were available. It was absolutely incredible. We're here with Mr. Steve Love, the marketing manager for La Mesa RV. We're talking about your home, but this hour we're talking about your home on wheels. We'll be right back. And sometimes <laughs> you need a vehicle to tow behind yes, your you RV. Mm-hmm. You know, you could... I don't. I don't see you in your RV towing your Raptor behind it. You might have to go get like a Focus or a Fiesta or something, <laughs> something to zip around when you you find that destination you want to stay at for a couple weeks, and you don't want to be, you know, you don't want to go down to the grocery Hello. store in your forty-two foot RV. That's correct. Unhook your little Sanderson Ford Fiesta. And zzz. Absolutely. Did you see where Sanderson Ford was sponsoring? The Vietnam, Vietnam Memorial yes. uh, uh, mobile wall. Dave that's Kimberly at, open on spoke there out Friday. at State it Farm Stadium. It's moving. there this weekend, folks. It's a three quarter version of the actual monument from Washington D.C. It's on display at State Farm Stadium, brought to you by Hospice of the Valley and Sanderson Ford. Get out there. It's there through about three o'clock tomorrow afternoon. It's this weekend. You're gonna love it. Just one more way Sanderson Ford finds to continue giving back to the community. It's absolutely awesome. And no, I think I might just tow my Raptor. I, I, <laughs> I, I, I don't know that I can ever get into the Fiestas or the Focus as great a car as they are. A Mustang? Oh, yeah. When I went to Sanderson Ford, I was going to buy a Mustang. And old Jason says, well, before you leave the lot on a Mustang, let me let you try this Raptor and we rode it up, and I drove home, and I've been happy ever since. If you're buying cars, buy at Sanderson. Our On the House Hour, where we spend the hour talking about something on your home, and this hour, your home on the road. It is a lifestyle that a That's lot of right. us live in. And in fact, I was having lunch at Wild Horse West out there on uh, Carefree Highway just last week, and the couple sitting next to me were RVing. As they had, they were asking, "Have you ever been here before?" I'm like, "Oh yeah, what should we get?" <laughs> said, "Where are you guys living?" Like, "We don't live anywhere. We have an RV. And we just drive <laughs> around." And they were parked at Pleasant Harbor for the week, yeah, and had yeah. just come over. To, they had heard about Wild Horse West and had come over to try out the cheeseburgers. That that. Lake Pleasant RV campground has become quite a facility. Now, man, a lot man. Well, I actually taught two of my grandsons to drive this weekend. We were on four closed forest service roads, and uh, my 11-year-old Gabriel and my 8-year-old Alex were driving the Raptor, and they wanted to play Alan Jackson's song, Drive. Uh-huh. And so we had to blast that with the windows down, driving down the Forest Service roads, learning how to drive. So we had a lot of fun this week teaching them how to drive. But jumping in your house on wheels and taking off down the road. Like you were saying, we're here with Mr. Steve Love, the marketing manager for La Mesa RV. And if you'd like to join the conversation, do so. Give us a ring at one 767 If there's ever a thought or a question you had about the RV lifestyle, this would be a great time to call in and, and let's visit with you about that. Um, in my industry, 
we've got the young married couple or young single uh, individual buying the starter home. In your world, that's kind of like the the camper shell on a pickup truck. Camper right? shell on a pickup, or a camper, or a truck camper, or even a pop up trailer. And then, and then uh, you get one more person involved in your life, and you need to make that move up. Probably need to move up. Quarters get a little cramped. Maybe you want a little bit more space. Maybe you want something a little bit nicer. Maybe you want something that uh, has an air conditioner or a heater on it. So you start moving up into the different classes. You may not go directly into a motorhome. There's other towable products out there. But if you right. go to a motorhome, there's actually three classes of motorhomes. Okay. And those are industry designations. They aren't necessarily the clearest and most concise, but we have what's <laughs> class A, class B, and a class C. Okay. doesn't mean one's better than the other. It's just the way years ago the industry decided, okay, for various styles and shapes, of RVs, we're going to give them a classification. Okay. So if we start at the bottom of the scale with a Class C, quite often those are going to be built on a truck chassis or maybe an enlarged pickup chassis. So okay. if you think of a pickup with the passenger and driver's seats and the cab without the bed in the back, right. that is what they start with, maybe an elongated version of that. And they will build what's known as the house. So everything as far as the living area and the components, the windows, the kitchen, the bedroom, the sleeping areas, the bathroom is built onto that chassis. Now, typically a Class C, you will see somewhat like a bubble or a hump that comes over the cab of the, the of the pickup frame, if you think about it that okay. way. So the passenger and driver typically have part of the house over that area in the RV. That's the master suite. Well, not necessarily a master suite. Okay. <laughs> that may be where the kids hang out or the okay. bed, All right. uh, depending on the manufacturer, may have a window so they can hold up the signs at the oncoming traffic, oh, you know, no. stop, help, <laughs> help, we're being held captive up here. Uh, it depends on the manufacturer. Nobody oh, okay. has one just specific way where it must be built with that area above the uh, passenger and driver's seat. If we go up the scale to a Class B, Class B used to be a 13 or a 19 passenger van. And they would strip out the seats and cut off the roof and put on like a 18-inch tall fiberglass okay. bubble. Okay. That gave people the ability to stand up inside of it. And then you had people go in and convert that to put in the sleeping area, the bathroom area, the kitchen area, or whatever they were putting into that RV. It's a smaller, more compact product. And that's really the standard classification if you look at the industry okay. as to how they put things out today. However, there's a lot of innovation in that area. So we've seen the introduction of chassis from Ford, Mercedes-Benz, and uh, Ram Dodge that make those type of products readily available without having to cut off the roof and putting a bubble on them. So we're seeing a huge growth in that Class B market right now. The nice thing about it, it has all the facilities of an RV, typically the kitchen, the bathroom, and the sleeping area. But you may want to use it for your commuter car or your commuter vehicle. So it's something where it's more spur of the moment. Maybe you want to be more active. Some of those come with uh, on-demand 4x4 uh, activity. So you can get in the back roads as well. We're seeing a lot more solar panel and lithium batteries incorporated into those. So you're not connected or where you have to be connected yeah, right. to power all the time. Then as we progress, that's, 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 that, that, those kind of, I mean, they, some of those were four wheel drive. That's correct. And, and, uh, and they, and they had more packed inside that van body than you could possibly imagine. I mean, they were like stealth living units. You could just, 
they were off-grid components. They, and they're designed to be that way. So you don't have to be connected to power. Now, you have to be very conservative of your water. water. You can't just go out there and, and spray the desert and hope it greens up. But, well, uh, when we get back, we're going to talk our way into the A's. That's great. All right. Here with Steve Love, the marketing manager of La Mesa RV, talking about your home on wheels. If you'd like to join us, feel free to do so at one 767 Keep it right, he say. A little sore sun, you're doing just fine. Just a dirt road with trash on each side, but I was Mary Andre when Daddy let me drive. Oh, oh, Gabe and Alex thought they were Mary Andretti this week. <laughs> oh, is that Tuesday morning on the way home from Winslow, drawing a, driving across Chevron Mesa up there? Oh, State Route 99 turns into Forest Service Road 34, and Forest Service 34, Romy, doesn't get snow plowed. So you get 48 miles south of Winslow, and you know what you got to do? Turn around. <laughs> Turn around. Well, they you, it know, off. you don't know how close I was to shift it in the four drives. As a matter of fact, the Forest Service blockade of Forest Service Road 34 was someone had tried to run it over. They had, they had they had aggressively tried to plow that thing. Why you don't put a sign back where Highway 89 48 dirt miles diverts back. 87 and say there's no access to Route 260 on this road. But the boys were happy. They just got to to but, play drive more and we, we played dr- we played that song left. for 2 hours as they were driving back <laughs> anyway. Hey, I had a caller during the break. Well, we'd was, like to have callers at one 767 to visit with Steve Love, the marketing manager for La Mesa RV, talking about your dreams, your lifestyle, uh, your memories that can be created in your home on wheels. Well, Miss Mary was sneaking in a call at work. We get that on Saturdays. <laughs> and so she... I can't come on here. I think my boss is listening in the other room. She is listening. So, um <laughs> And it sounds like she's working for, towards retirement, and she and her husband have some plans. They live in an HOA. So this is things you have to think about if you're planning on becoming an RVer. It's like, where are you going to park it? Um, you know, how, Do you want to tow a car? Do you want to just take the whole unit? So her request, um, she's an HOA that doesn't allow RVs. So Ooh. she's thinking, like the van style, that she can actually park in her, in her driveway without getting in trouble at the HOA. She wants it completely self-contained, so it would have a little kitchenette and a bathroom facility. Um, so she's wondering what fits that, Steve. What what kind of vehicle would she be looking at? It's it's probably going to be more of a Class B, and those are going to be very rare to fit the HOA requirements because most Class Bs will still have an awning attached to the roof. So depending on how is that the is that the is that the criteria? Not necessarily. I, it could be because there's an air conditioner on the roof and they're going, you know, this is no longer a van. This is truly oh. an RV. So every HOA is going to have a little different definition oh. of what is and is not an RV. Okay. So you should now, make really pay close attention to what those requirements are. Correct. And we had a manufacturer that did an HOA option where the, the air conditioner was hidden underneath the RV and there was no awning. So there are some capabilities, but that manufacturer is no longer building those at the current time. What about that? That's little, clever. That, that class A that you showed us, Steve. It looks like a kind of like a transit look to it. 
would that fit the bill or? Well, uh, not necessarily, uh, Jennifer. That's, that was actually a Mercedes-based 4x4 uh, Class B motorhome that's a four-wheel drive. Now, if you remember, it was very aggressive. So at the top of it, we had a roof rack. Uh, we did have air conditioners. Mm. We have solar panels mm. up there. Um, it, I Again, it's going to be a, okay. upon that age-of-age definition of what is and is not an RV, what they will and will not accept. I mean, that was your, that was your zombie chasing unit. <laughs> I mean, that, I mean you, you'd have to find a spring of water to fill up your freshwater supply. Correct. But, I mean, everything you needed. I mean, it was four-wheel drive, solar-powered, GPS. I mean. Lithium batteries to keep you powered up. That's right. Well, that was the one I think of for more like sports-minded people maybe. You know, if you're a biker, hiker, ragger racer, you have everything you need, but you're not necessarily like hanging out there. Right. Well, you 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 may not hang out there. It may be taking you to your next destination. Mm-hmm. It's like, okay, let's keep exploring. You had a closed road. Well, maybe you barreled <laughs> over that closed road <laughs> sign and figured out, okay, where can we go with this? And and it really gives you that true off road experience. But if you if it's back to an HOA requirement, I would doubt that particular one would match that requirement. That's going to be tough. You but there are so many off site parking. Commute, storage, facilities. storage facilities yes or you may have the house may have been built where there is parking to the side of the house again it's going to be what are the rules and regulations ccnrs or hoa requirements that yeah. would or would not allow you to do that there i would tell mary to to take a good look at what she's got and then come see you Steve. i, I think that's a good idea yeah. and at least bring it in and say here's my restrictions and let us see if we can help guide her to the right one i mean how many units do you have on the lot i, I think i think jennifer and i were there with you getting a tour yes for an hour and I think we went through maybe five or six. We didn't scratch the surface. We just got started on your workout plan that day oh. for going up and down steps. So How many units do you have in, in that, inventory? In our Phoenix location, we've got 325, 350 units today. In Mesa, we've got about the same. Across the country, 25, 2,600 units depending on the day. Wow. I would tell Mary she just needs to go get, just, her, get her tennis shoes on. And come on down. Come on down. And, and know your restrictions and requirements coming in. And let us help you find what may or may not fit. And on 17, they've got that construction done. So you can actually get to your (laughs) Phoenix location now (laughs) without having to take surface streets. Well, there's all kinds of ways of getting there. Our, our, our location actually in Phoenix is on I-10 at uh, 75th Avenue. Did I say 17? Yeah, you, you said, said 17. I'm, an, I'm so. sorry, I'm an I-10. After the curve. Yes, that construction is finished, so it's much easier to get there. And if you want to go south on the 202 South Mountain, you can do that very easily from that location too. Nice. Yeah, and uh, on the facility, once you pull in, you know, everything we've talked about today so far has been motor driven, but you've got campers that you would hook up to a Correct. pickup truck or, you know, whether it's a fifth wheel or a tongue pull. Well, we have both travel trailers, which are the tongue pull, as you may, and those can range in various short sizes, maybe from 19 to 30 feet. And then we have what's known as a fifth wheel, which takes a, depending on the weight of the fifth wheel itself, is going to take a pickup with a specialized hitched in the bed of the pickup. Quite often, we're looking at heavier ones that maybe are going to be like a 350. Right, um, not right. sure if I can mention brand, but, <laughs> <laughs> but that, that uh, Ford F350 is the right selection. <laughs> there we go. <laughs> uh, and those are going to be more uh, robust as far as sleeping and living areas and what they contain. So there is a full range of product out there, regardless of what your desires are. We can usually match it up to not only your budget, but what you plan to do with it and where you want to go and how many family members you may want to take or leave home. We, Jennifer and I came desperately, desperately close to buying one when they came out with the toy hauler mm-hmm. because I felt like it was a kitchen and a living room on wheels. 
And we never would live inside of it anyway. It would just be a place for the kids to throw bunks and stuff. Um, and then you would you would set up outside underneath your awning. It'd be where your sure. living quarters are. We came really, really close. We rented one a couple times, took family vacations in them, and loved them. But the one innovation that really bit me was the slide outs. Certainly. Well, and slide outs, and you know, there's multiple terms for slide outs. So some people may call them a pop out or a slide out. Slide outs have been around for about 25 years, and not every manufacturer offered those at the very start. Man. Uh, and, and when slide outs got started, they may have been simply moving a sofa. And that was somewhat <laughs> called a sofa slide at the time because the only thing that was moving was the or the sofa itself. I work for a manufacturer and our owner refused to do slide outs. Uh, and so he was one of the last ones to actually introduce them to the market. Interesting. But now slide outs have gone beyond that, just moving a sofa. So you may have multiple slide outs. The fifth wheel may have three, four, five slide outs. A class A, which is the bigger motorhomes that you see that we haven't talked about much yet. But a class A may have what's called a full wall slide out, where you have from back of the path or the driver to almost the very rear of the coach, the whole wall is sliding out, potentially moving beds, kitchens, uh, dining areas. Opening up that area for quite a more, quite a bit more living space when you're uh, when you're parked and camping, and it revolutionized the RV park. Well, it yeah. did, and it caused some problems too because a lot of national parks and state parks weren't quite prepared for that change. They were back in the day when all RVs were eight feet wide or eight and a half feet wide was considered a wide body at that time. So when slide outs came in, they may have had trees, they may have had the next uh, <laughs> camping site next door. Slide outs couldn't go out. So there's there have to be some uh, upgrades and modifications in a lot of campgrounds to accommodate today's RVers. Absolutely. Now, we've talked uh, through the A's and the, the, the we've talked C's, to the C's and, and the, the B's, B's, and we're working our way up the alphabet. Let, let's go ahead and jump into an A. I mean, we, we compared it to a home, uh, the starter home, the move-up home. Now... Now we're going to talk McMansions. All right. Well, we have McMansions. <laughs> yeah, on wheels. Uh, which have a McPrice to them as well. <laughs> uh, not all A's are the McMansion. Uh, you also have entry-level Class A's, which are typically gas-powered. Uh, okay. They may be 29, 30 feet in length, and, and gas A's will probably go up to about 35, 36 feet in length. We start looking at diesel pushers because now as you get longer, you're typically carrying more weight and you're trying to push more weight around. Uh, so diesel pushers will probably be in the range of about 35 to 45 feet in range. Uh, you asked earlier about a driver's license. When In some states, when you go over 40 feet in length, you are going to have to get a special designation on your driver's license to be able to drive something over 40 feet. I, I have to tell you, there's something about that that I like. I mean, someone who's driven a sedan their whole life jumps into one of these rigs. They're, they're not familiar at all with slippery road handling characteristics, the weight you're carrying. I, I don't know. There's overpasses, drive throughs, drive throughs. Making sure you fit, but again, that's, that's cat whiskers. But, but you know, RVers don't always have to be in a rush like when you're a, a commuter car. That's true, too. You know, and, and typically they know the value of what they're driving around and they're not going to be trying to be the speed demon down the 10. Uh, they're they're going to be trying to be cautious and know where they need to go and also how the best way to get there. Now, never having experience the class A's. I mean, in a diesel pusher, 
What is the fuel capacity of, of, a, of a typical <laughs> unit? Well, um, so nobody has to call 911, but uh, those can range from maybe 75 to 300 gallons, just depending on the manufacturer and, and the size of the fuel tank. And you put 200 gallons in one of those, and what's your, what's your cruising range? Uh, that depends, you know, part of that's going to be where you're driving, you know, if you're in a sure, mountainous sure. territory uh, or if you're on flat roads or if you got a tailwind or a headwind and if you're a lead foot or if you uh, just put it on cruise and let it go. So you're probably in the, you may be in a seven to nine mile an hour or seven yeah. to nine mile per gallon range. So, all right, 200 gallons, you, you, you could, could go, you, you could, could go, go good here ways. to New Orleans yes. on a tank. Yes. Well, I love that. <laughs> <laughs> and you've got a refrigerator on board, so load up some Cajun food and bring it back there and share go. it with the friends. Absolutely. And boy, that is the one thing my mom fought in 1972 with that 32-foot Winnebago Chiefer, trying to keep enough food. <laughs> I mean, there were 10 of us. Yeah. Well, there were nine because my older sister opted to stay home and not go on the trip for some reason. But there were nine of us in that RV. And I don't know how mom kept you know, we had an ice chest that was kind of on the floor of the kitchen and stuff like that and things like that. But what they've done with the appliances over the last few years over is pretty impressive. Certainly. And, and, you know, what you find now in a lot of Class A's, you're finding residential refrigerators. So those that you would find built into a regular house are now being incorporated into an RV. Uh, you know, they do take some battery and uh, power to keep them running when you're going down the road or having a generator running. So uh, you don't really want to look for that 50-mile extension cord if you're leaving town quickly. <laughs> <laughs> well, what they've done in the RV parks to accommodate those, uh, you, you drive through those upgraded RV lots with people set up with their awnings, and they virtually have an outdoor living room right yes. out the door of the RV and that's that's where they're living and visiting with friends and bringing people in. It it really is a lifestyle. It really is a lifestyle, and it's a lifestyle that you can change day by day. If you don't like where you're at, you can move on. Or if you like where you're at and and you like the neighbors and the area you're in, that's great. We see in this market a lot of winter visitors because we oh, yeah. know there's a little snow up in the northern territories and countries. Uh, so that brings a lot of RVers into this market as well as in other parts of the southern U.S. And then when it gets a little warm here, you can go north. Absolutely. You you pick you pick, you what pick your, your lot. Yes. Yeah. It, it, it it's a it's a a fascinating lifestyle and the, and the memories I have I my my folks owned that unit for 15 years but I was only home for 3 of those years. But I mean the family pictures and the albums of the family trips I mean, they ran that unit into the ground. To the ground. But those are memories. I mean, they absolutely did. It was it was real family memories. You know, one thing RVs have really transformed that you wouldn't think about is rodeo grounds. You know, there was never RVs. You would have your living quarter tit trailer that a truck was towing and you'd have these yeah. generators that they cart out and all night long you've got these loud generators you're, you're, a, you're in a forest of generators <laughs> oh and it was obnoxious to sleep and now you're seeing a lot more rvs Certainly. at those and it's really made the whole 
overnight at a rodeo ground a much quieter experience. I'm sure it has. And, and uh, you know, it gives that opportunity for families to stay together without having to get out there and look for a hotel room or, you know, back and forth very quickly to that rodeo ground. We're here with Steve Love, marketing manager of La Mesa RV, talking about the lifestyle of your home on wheels. Y'all have three stores, full time, three foot. That's that's three full time stores in Arizona. Up. Three full time and one part time store. And a seasonal store in Quartzsite. Seasonal. That's what we'll call it in Quartzsite, Arizona, for the influx of two hundred and fifty thousand people that find their way to Quartzsite, Arizona, every January. Just like a moth to a flame. What? A, just <laughs> like a moth to a flame. What have y'all got going? What if someone? If we pique someone's interest and they wanted to take a look at some of those 300 units you've got at the Phoenix location. Well, bring your tennis shoes. We'd invite you to come on down to Phoenix or our location in Mesa or Tucson. So uh, we have uh, what we're talking about is our Fiesta of Savings weekend this week. So not only is everything sale price and ready to go, it's a great time if you're out looking and thinking about vacation with the kids as school gets out. You can certainly start looking and planning that vacation in an RV. If you're here full time and thinking it's time to upgrade, that's also another great time to do that. But we are also uh, this weekend serving uh, taco lunch at all three locations okay. in Arizona. So, all right. Uh, if you're hungry and you want The Phoenix store has that beautiful gazebo kitchen. We've got built that. that. You have yes. that in Tucson as um, well? No, actually, we have an indoor cafe in, cafe okay. in Tucson. All right. So okay. they have that lunch set up, and we have a, a gazebo setting in uh, Mesa as well. All right. Fantastic. Well, we're going to try and squeeze in Bob. We've had a lot of callers. Uh, but they all want to talk to you after the show. Okay. Uh, but Bob, in particular, has a question about buying it at La Mesa. Bob, good morning. Calling from Tucson. Yeah. Hi, Rosie. Hey, man. Hey, quick question. Uh, doesn't really matter much, but uh, I'm an old retired Arizona Highway Patrolman. And my first posting about 40-plus years ago when I graduated from the academy was uh, – in downtown Quartzsite. <laughs> That's where they always put the new graduates. <laughs> was there was there a stoplight at that time? <laughs> Nothing there. It was a remote duty. Got paid an extra fifty bucks a month to live in a, a state trailer. Did did well, you ever did you ever pull over an RV for speeding? Uh, no, no. I used to uh, just hide under a road called Gold Nugget Road overpass and uh, stay out of the 110 degree heat. Oh, but um, it was back in the 55 mile an hour. Yeah, day. sure. But but anyways, uh, uh, La Mesa wasn't there, by the way. Uh, but uh, anyways, uh, there were people all over the place just pulling out in the middle of the desert. I guess it was federal land. And... Uh, just sitting there seemed like for months and people would drive out there and, you know, people would come up to us and say, Hey, what are those people? Anyway, what are those people doing out there? But, uh, the, the point is, can you still do that kind of stuff? If, uh, I'm in the market for La Mesa here in Tucson, if I go, not that I particularly want to go back to Quartzsite, but I know it's different. <laughs> well, in the, in the Quartzsite area, there uh, is a lot of Bureau of Land Management land that allows, the BELM allows camping for 14 days. It may be free or at a reduced rate, depending on where they're yeah. at. And, it, and it's actually changing because yes. uh, as Arizona becomes higher density, even Tonto and Coconino National Forest have changed open camping regulations yes. uh, so you have to check where you're going but that is the great thing about arizona if you want remote camping in your rv we've got about as many opportunities in the west 
And Arizona is absolutely at the very top of the list of places to see and do. It's a great state to visit, see, explore. Whether that's a weekend, long term, it's a great place to be. Boy, it is. We Jennifer and I, the last time we rented one, we found a remote place up in the White Mountains with our own little corral. So we hauled the horses up there, pulled up beside that corral, and we spent five days just getting up and saddling every morning and riding and having the kitchen and the bathroom inside and the bed and get out and look at the stars at night. And, and that's it, was, our, it was fabulous. It's what a lot of RV allows you to do where you can actually change your uh, landscape by uh, every day if you want to go someplace else, whether that's a beach, the desert, something that you can wake up to a new look every day. Give our listeners La Mesa RV website. They could go and kind of take a look at some of these things. Pretty simple. It's La Mesa RV. That's L-A-M-E-S-A-R-V dot com. And today is your fiesta. Fiesta of savings today and tomorrow. And you're serving lunch today? We have free taco lunch at all three locations in Arizona today and tomorrow. 